Welcome to Health System CIO's interview with Gretchen Britt, VP of Information Technology at Liberty Hospital. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. In this podcast, Britt talks about why investing in proper training for physicians, nurses, and other users is non-negotiable, how being the nurse to ask for all the changes helped shape her career path, the critical role that education plays in successful change management, and how she's working to recruit more clinicians into informatics roles. Yeah, so I figured we could start first by getting some general information about Liberty Hospital. So um, Liberty Hospital, we are just north of Kansas City, Missouri, smaller suburb. We have a 204 acute bed facility, and then we have 13 clinics, which include five primary care and eight specialty. We have an ambulatory surgery center, urgent care, a breast center, which is amazing. If you haven't heard of Dr. Amy Patel, you need to look her up. She's everywhere. She was actually the NFL fan of the year too. I mean, she's just this amazing person that's doing all this work and we have her here and we are just blessed. Um, and then we also have a sports medicine, which we actually partner with MU Orthopedics. We've got this great partnership. So we have their surgeons on site here at our hospital. Okay. And aside from that partnership with MU, is Liberty a freestanding or standalone hospital? We are. We are standalone. Okay. I don't have to tell you that that's become rare. So. I know. I know. It has. You just wait anxiously, right? How long are we going to yeah. stand alone? We also partner with Children's Mercy Hospital for our, our level two NICU here, or special care nursery, I guess is what it's um, called these days. We actually have them on site here, and it's been a great partnership. We partner with St. Luke's for the Cancer Center. So we've got some great relationships in the area that have definitely benefited our patients because we go all the way up to the Iowa line and then over quite a few counties. I think we're in like seven counties now that we've taken over. So it, we're, we're doing well, and those partnerships have been key for us. Yeah. And I'm sure it really is advantageous, though, that you are able to be, you know, your own organization as far as a, you know, from a decision-making standpoint. It is. It is. Of course, being your own organization, sometimes we don't get all the, the extra funds, I guess, and the fun tech that I'm seeing others doing out there. But yes, we do get to make our own decisions, which is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So as VP of IT, um, what do you consider your core objectives right now? So right now we are working on our ERP, we're standardizing, we're trying to get rid of this bucket load of applications that we have and bring down to, to one for our ERP solution. That's been a big one. We're also looking at standardizing our clinics right now. We have several different um, EMRs. We're looking to bring them all to one. Uh, and eventually we will have one record for the acute side and the ambulatory side. So it is a process. We have many different systems. So optimization and standardization have been key. And then looking for anything that we can automate. We're actually rolling out a new physician documentation that will allow them to quickly document, to pull data into their notes and just hopefully try to get them home at night, you know, at, at a better time than they are and have less focus on the electronic record and more focus on their patients. So that's a big one that we've been working on right now. We've been working in partnership with a group. We call them our PIT committee. They're our physician IT group. They've been very involved working on how can they better the notes, make the workflow better for their peers. Um, we've made some mistakes, you know, we had to pull some things back. So it's definitely been a partnership with that group. And it's been key, I think, to the success. We're working through each specialty, trying to bring them all live. And then the others are kind of documenting the old way until, because we really want to make sure that we have that focused attention and elbow support for them, because I do have a small support team here on site. Yeah. 
So with this pit committee, which I really like that name, it seems like that's really ideal to have this group that is so engaged and, and willing to give their time and not, not always the case. Right. I think it's key. We've had pretty good participation for ours. We're still, we've got a couple that want to join that are newer. And I love that new physician that wants to come that's maybe been somewhere else and seen other things and can bring new to the table, but they have to have a little trial period here where they get their feet wet and build up their practice before they kind of let them join these committees. But I've got a few that are ready to go, but we cycle them through so that they don't get burnt out on it. But we have a few that are really into the informatics side. So Mm -hmm. they've gotten excited about being able to contribute and bring their ideas. I actually had one physician that he didn't like anything that we did here. He, he was used to another application and he, he just didn't like anything that we were doing. And I said, you know what, why don't you come join our pit committee? And he said, well, what's that? And so I explained to him what it was. And he said, you know what, I think I'm interested. And so we brought him on board and now he is one of our biggest cheerleaders. He loves coming up with new things that are going to improve the workflow. And I think he's happy working here and he doesn't mind doing the documentation these days, which is a win. Definitely. Yeah, I've heard that before as really one of the the goals is to, if you have a naysayer to get them yeah. on board and it was yep. a success story for you. It was, you got to find that one and then they they can bring others over. We're like, all right, if he's digging it, we can get somebody else to get on board for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned your staff not having a, a huge staff. So obviously that's something that's a challenge. So how do you work with that? So it is, it's tricky. I think Sometimes rolling things out a little slower than I want to has to be the goal just so that we can dedicate that on-site support to them. We have our physician support coordinators is what we call them. That's actually how I got my start in IT was a physician support coordinator. And that is their person. So maybe rolling out things in a slower manner so that we can do that more focused elbow support. Because for me, training is key. If we don't set them up for success, then they're going to have many long nights. They're going to have frustration that they shouldn't have if they don't have that foundation and understand the system. I kind of equate it to um, when I was in the nursery and then in the NICU and training new parents, right? If you don't give them all the skills and the tools that they need, then when they go out on their own with their new baby, they're going to struggle. And, and, and you could have helped them to have a, a better time with that baby and enjoy that baby. And with a physician or an APP or a nurse or anyone, we have got to invest in their training because if we don't invest in their training, they're going to struggle and it's going to be frustration and we set them up for failure. So physician support coordinator was my original role. I actually, when I became VP, I asked for a second. So I have two of them now. I don't have the entirety of the education of the EMR and all that under me. I would love maybe for that in the future. We have one trainer that is on the nursing education side for all of our EMR. And then we have a few kind of scattered throughout for other systems. So I would like to look at centralizing that in the future and look at so that we could develop standard programs and make sure that we are training everybody in the same way. Yeah, sure. You mentioned before having some different EHRs. So what do you have in the hospital at this point? We are Sunrise, Altera Sunrise. And that's a working diagnosis is the new fun. Dr. Matt Fred came up with that and um, it's a great product and it's really turned things around. I really see it as being a very useful tool, just a change for the providers and learning how to utilize it. Yeah. And as far as, as plan to get the clinics basically on one system. I'm sure that that's a long-term vision. It is, it is. And I don't know what that system will be in our future. You know, we've got a lot of homework to do. We wanna make the right decision going forward. 
So lots of homework, looking at what other sites are doing, site visits, that sort of thing are, are going to be in the future, bringing our physicians on board, making sure that, you know, we have a nurse buy-in, we have front desk, that whole picture that we have to look at. We want to make sure that we set them all up for success. Yeah, that's a theme. And it really, it makes so much sense, especially yeah. when you don't have as many resources and you really like, right. you feel like you have to get things right. Exactly. You want to get it right for sure. Yeah. So You've been in your current role for a little less than a year? Correct. Okay. But obviously, uh, you're not new to Liberty, so you kind of go through some of your progression. Yeah, yeah. So I actually started at Liberty Hospital in 2003 as a new grad nurse here. I actually worked as a tech for a couple months before to get my foot in the door, and then I started my nursing career um, as an RN in the NICU in 2003. I believe it was May of 2003. I worked here for the majority of that time in the NICU. I did go down to Children's Mercy and got a few years critical care, um, did open hearts down there, and then came back to Liberty, back to home, and worked in the NICU, became a charge nurse, became the supervisor. And as I became the supervisor over there, I started kind of dabbling in these IT projects and little, you know, staffing and scheduling build when we rolled that out a few years ago. I was that nurse that wanted to do process improvement. Like, do you know if you do this or this, you can eliminate five clicks for us. So I was that nurse. I had lots of change requests and I was trying to redesign all of the nursery documentation, the physician documentation over there. I was the person that helped all the physicians when they needed help. I was their person they called for help. And then when this role came open, I actually had to leave Liberty. I stayed here at Liberty, but I had to leave the Liberty home and become an Allscripts employee. Um, it was a managed service site. So did that. Uh, it was a hard because, you know, I, I'm like, I'm still Liberty. This is home for me. But I became an Allscripts employee. And then I was physician support coordinator for a couple years. And then I actually transitioned to the manager of the applications for all the acute sites. So I did all the business and clinical applications in, I think it was June of 2019. And then Liberty decided to bring us back in-house. And that is when they offered me the position of vice president information technology reporting up to our CFO. So it's been a fun journey for sure. It's interesting that you were still with Liberty as you talked about, but you were also on the vendor side. So you insights into that world. It was kind of tricky. Yeah. Cause I, I've done both sides now and being a four, you know, I was a Liberty employee. Liberty was the one who brought me up. The uh, foundation actually sent me to school to get my bachelor's degree several years back. So, I mean, they've supported and grown me. And then to be on that vendor site, we wanted to make sure that I was doing the right things. But yeah, it was a little tricky at times, for sure. Yeah. But it did probably give you some insight into why things happen the way they do. It's a whole other world. Yeah, I'm grateful for that time. Um, They're still, you know, our partners right now. So I'm just working on the other side of it. So it's been interesting, that flip back and forth. I think being a previous end user was key, though, for me. I mean, I've been where everybody else has been. I've been the one documenting. I've been the one when something isn't working right and you're calling for help. So I think being a nurse, I was a NICU nurse, right? So empathy and kindness, that is that is me to the core. And so that is how I deal with people in my role now. I've been told I have a different uh, perspective and I approach things differently. And I, I really think that it's that empathy and kindness. I've been where you are. I've felt that frustration and I hear you and I want to make it better. And I heard that a lot when when the position was offered to me to come over and, and lead our, our IT department. I heard a lot of people saying, you know, I'm really glad it's you because you get it. And that just, you know, warms your heart. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that when when we emailed, I had uh, told you that I'm a NICU mom. We're NICU yeah. graduates in this house. Aww. What you said about wanting to, them to be prepared. I mean, that was something that I will never forget. I would try to watch them bathe the baby and they said, no, no, come here. And, you know, yeah. it was making right. sure that they armed with all the information as possible. And that's that's a great foundation, I think. It is. And it's the only way to do it. I mean, if I'm not doing a, a new parent or an end user justice if I'm not spending that extra time and making sure that they know what they're doing, they know all the tips and tricks that are going to get them by, either get them home at night or get that extra couple hours of sleep if it's a new parent going home. So I think those two, it's an organic transition, right? For me, it was into this role and, and I approached it the same way I did as a bedside NICU nurse. Yeah. And so when you were a nurse, you said that you, you started dabbling in more projects and yeah. kind of found things that you thought could improve. So how does that translate into how you are now? Because I'm sure that there's always a lot of requests. So how do you kind of balance that? There are. And I think that good change management is what we have to do. We've got a great change management board here. Um, we have a business cab and we have a clinical cab. And, you know, you can't change everything. We don't want to go too far away from standard, but we want to do what is right and make it the best workflow. So evaluating everything managing those requests against competing priorities. I have a, actually my first, supposed to be 90 days, it did take me a little bit longer, but set up IT governance here at Liberty, which is something that we've never had. It used to be that, oh, here's another IT project or here's another product that we bought, let's implement it. And where are you gonna fit that in with everything that we have going on? So now we have an IT governance committee that meets regularly. Um, it's made up of our senior leadership team. We go through all new requests, we prioritize, we tell people, hey, you know what, this is a great idea, but not right now. Or yes, let's do this, let's put this on, put this on the roadmap. Or hey, this is going to increase our revenue. Or this is a patient safety issue, let's get this one in right now and move things around and make it work. So I think that was key. And I'll tell you, the Chime Boot Camp, I went to that. That was huge for me, getting that, that knowledge from them and understanding because I was setting up IT governance at that time. So having those resources and being able to ask those questions was key at that time. But anyway, it was a little late, but I got it done. That kind of blows my mind to think that there wasn't IT governance. I can't imagine really. what that was like for the IT team. That must have been and really just tough for, for morale and a lot of things. You're just like, it just keeps coming. It's always coming. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's been an adjustment. We have to, we remind people now we got it in policy and, you know, this is how you put it in a new IT request. This is the process that you follow. Here's the flow and the steps. We've got it all documented out now. It's still learning. You know, we still get some that, We'll sneak and we're trying to get something, you know, through on the board agenda. We're like, hey, we haven't evaluated that. Maybe we better take a look at it before you get some approvals on it. And so it's it's been great, but I've had great support from my my senior leadership team, from my immediate leader, CFO, and Dr. Adiga. He is our you know fellow clinician. He's an MD. He is our new CEO and had great support and trying to stick to the rules. And you know, this is the way that we're going to do this. We're going to remove the silos. We are going to work together and we're going to move forward as a team. Yeah. I'm sure though, it is always a bit of a balance. You don't want to go too far off from you know, standardization, but you know yeah. that the, the pains that <laughs> nurses have you been do. through. So I imagine that's a, it's a fine balance. You do. And I will tell you that we have customized our, our Sunrise product a lot. It has been customized a lot over the years. So with our ERP solution and with all new, um, new initiatives, we definitely have a, a change approval board that's going to go with every project 
to say, is this something that we need and why? Um, not just because one person wants it. We want to truly evaluate, you know, do we go with this? Is this what's best practice? What should we be doing? We've done that with our ERP. We're supposed to be implementing our Sunrise Financial Manager in the future to move our revenue cycle over. We'll have a cab for that. Our Sunrise Health Information Management will have a cab for that. We want to make sure that we are doing the right things going forward. I've said a few times, I wish I could just scrap it and start over with it because we have customized so much. But looking at that new, okay, hey, there's standard now. Let's switch over to the standard and get rid of something custom that we've done. We have to constantly be evaluating that as well as we go forward. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that'll definitely be a change. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure change management is just part of yeah. what you do. Yeah, key, key for sure. They meet every other week. Our governance usually meets quarterly right now, budget season. So I'm waiting to see what's all trying to come into budget and then we'll get together as a group. It's kind of that same group that does our, our capital budget approval is our IT governance. Okay. And because you got on the path you did, how do you kind of approach that as far as, you know, making sure that if there are nurses and physicians who are interested in informatics, that they have path? Absolutely. So we have our, I think our pit committee and we have our pit boss. He has a, a, he's a physician orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Levi Goss, and he actually has a degree in informatics in his undergrad. We try to bring them into the fold uh, with nursing. When we were on the all script side, I couldn't recruit anyone. Just like they weren't allowed to recruit me. I had to express interest to that conflict of interest there. So um, now that we are one, hey, if you're interested, let us know how we can grow you. Let me know how we can mm-hmm. develop I'm really pushing people to get involved into committees, looking at, you know, different organizations that they could be involved in to push that, you know, nursing informatics. We have a, a NIT committee to our nursing IT, our physician IT group calls them the NIT pickers. But anyway, we've actually, we've actually expanded that now and it's our nursing and ancillary department. So I think it's NIAT now to include them because we found, oh, great. Now we're looking at nursing, but we're not looking at everyone else. But Yes, looking at who we can bring in. If somebody's interested, they know they can come to me. I'll help guide the path. Um, I had somebody that from one of our clinics that was really interested in coming over and working. She's our new physician support coordinator. She wasn't one of our clinics, but she still was interested, came to us. I mean, I want to grow people. I want to give them the same opportunities that I've had because I've had some really great opportunities. I hope to keep going. But yeah, I think any way that we can bring them in and get them involved, bring them into projects like with this ERP project. I went to the leadership group and I said, do you have anyone out there? You know, we're going to need people to build these new schedules and work on this new module that we're putting out. Do you have anyone out there who's interested? If they're interested, you know, put them in touch with me. I'd like to have a conversation with them and see if we could get some time from them to see if this is something they would be interested in being a part of these projects. We also like to tap into those users as our super user groups and those testing groups, you know, find those that are truly interested and, and then hoping we could maybe bring them into the fold in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said about encouraging people to be on committees, because I think that sometimes they might not realize, you know, that they have a knack for it or yeah. they just need that little, the little push. Yeah. Just get in there. Like I was the one to like, is it putting in the tickets? And we had this book still, this book of deliveries that still sat there and you had to write everything in, right? Every delivery I had to come in and I had to write everything in that I just put in the computer. I said, why are we doing this? This doesn't make any sense to me. And so I met with the applications group and I said, can we make this in a report? And then it goes to a folder and it files away and we have it for legal records later, but it's going to pull everything that I put in. And they're like, oh yeah, we can do that. Just nobody's ever asked before, you know? So yeah, you got to find those people that are curious and that want to improve things and that want to embrace technology to do those. 
and bring them into your team, I guess is what, what I'd like to do, right? I could only have a bigger one. Right, right. So not a lot of people in your position necessarily have nursing experience. So if you could say something to uh, CIOs and other similar roles, just maybe something that they should know or keep in mind about really making sure that making sure that they're checking on them, but that they're not feeling so much of the burden and that IT is not making their lives more difficult. I would say when you're, it was a frustration to me, a, a pain point. Tell me the why when promoting interoperability, meaningful use at the time was coming out, we just knew we had to do all these extra check boxes, but nobody told us why. So mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't want to be resentful and say, oh my gosh, they're just making us do all these extra clicks. I think one, find the best way to do it without the extra clicks if possible. And two, explain the why, you know, this is why we're doing these things and then invite them in to those workflows and to make suggestions on how they can make it better. Nobody knows better than your direct bedside nurses or your direct bedside, you know, physicians or, you know, your registration staff, all of them are the ones that know their workflow and know what is painful. So I guess bringing them in to help you make those improvements would be my number one piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really good suggestion because I think that even something like a few extra clicks, it's hard to process what that means unless you're in the workflow. Especially when it's over and over and over again. You're like, oh, I do this every time. And wow, if we just did it this way, poof, those clicks are gone. Yeah, yeah. And you want people to be able to have those relationships with patients and parents and, you know, yeah. not to be bogged down. Yeah, I think anything that we can do to keep the focus on the patient, that should be our number one goal. Burnout the way it is these days, we've got to find better ways to do things. Um, You know, we've got such staffing shortages and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. So I really feel like we have got to step up and figure out ways to make their lives easier and take that burden away from them so that they can focus on the patients or we're going to lose more caregivers. And that's the last thing that we need right now. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.